This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. And here with you tonight... It's Ian, Derek J, and Mark. All right, so uh, we will take your calls about anything. Also, of course, uh, various different things in the news that we can discuss, uh, including this Santorum character who is back in the news. Uh, the last time we talked about this guy, I mean, I guess he's been in the news, but news that we care about. Uh, <laughs> last time we talked about him was when Derek J and I and other uh, liberty activists here in the Keene area basically cornered him as he was attempting to uh, have himself an event here in Keene during the primary in New Hampshire and asked him some hard-hitting questions like whether or not he had uh, seen himself or searched for himself on Google. And that video is up. I think you can probably find it by searching for Santorum Google on on uh, YouTube and it'll probably come up. Uh, and also that was a lot of fun. some drug-related songs. Right, the Shire Choir uh, serenaded him and that was great as well. Uh, so, Mark, there's uh, what's going on with this guy right now? Because he's still in the presidential race, and he's crazy as a kook. <laughs> well, uh, what's happening? I don't think that most people would call him crazy, though. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's... Isn't this the guy that wants to ban birth control? Pretty Did I hear much. that right? What? Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. Crazy okay. kook. I, I would have to agree that his uh, his point of view is sufficiently deviated from the norm as to be uh, you know difficult to to comprehend. I, I'm you know I'm right. with you. We didn't get into the detail on this banning birth control thing, but I've, I saw the headlines and I just. Yeah, shake You're your not head. Palm. Just talking about federal money or anything. You're talking about all together throughout the U.S. He's is- like a total religious zealot and. You, those kinds of people believe that birth control is, you know, anti-God, that how dare you, if you're going to have sex, you should just roll the dice and, uh, and you know, if there's a baby, then there's a baby well, and certainly no abortion. Up. And this makes as much sense as not looking both ways when you cross the street, right? Like, so, you know, you, if, you're gonna, if you're going to have sex and you don't want, you're not looking for another child. That's a good point. You should trust in God and just cross the street without looking, right? If right? God wants you to have a child, you'll have a child from having sex. If God wants you to make it across the street, you'll make it across the street without looking. That's Why right. in the world would you look both ways if you cross the street? You're a sinner if you do. Right, and that's really where what it comes down to. You know, you don't you you, you want to take control of your life in some way, shape, or form. So the suggestion is is that you shouldn't have sex unless you wish to procreate. I, you know, I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense at all. By the way, speaking of this Santorum guy, have either of you seen the commercial? And I don't watch TV; I only see these things on the internet. But. For anyone who has Googled Santorum, you know it's a certain uh, – there's this terminology that has been created. Uh, Dan Savage is a sex columnist and uh, a, a very gay sex columnist who came and uh, you know he created this particular terminology, Santorum. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it means on the air because it probably would violate FCC uh, rules. It's certainly scatological. But uh, it is 
let's say, a frothy mixture of something. And Mm -hmm. there's this commercial where they are, I guess, attacking Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney is some actor that is designed to look like Mitt Romney, has a machine gun. And he's like mud slinging machine gun. Right. He's lurking about and there's like mud being slung, but it looks like a brown frothy uh, mixture. And it looks like (laughs) Santorum is fighting back with his uh, brown frothy. It looks like everybody's throwing Santorum at everyone is what it looks like. Right. Right. It's really funny. And like this is his campaign team that came up with this. So it's just incredible. Art (laughs) imitates life, I guess. What it says to me how uh, out of touch primary Republican voters are. Because if they didn't find that funny, then, I, you know, I don't know what to do about that. When when you're talking about San, Santorum and characters like Santorum, yeah, they can come really – they can put up a really good fight in some states. Uh, they can get a lot of votes in some states. Huckabee is another one that comes to mind. But that's not good enough. Santorum doesn't have legs in a general election. He doesn't have anything and he doesn't have nubs on which to crawl in a general election. He cannot win. It's just so weird that that he even has some kind of that he's getting anything out of this. I thought Santorum was well out of this race. I had no idea he was still even in this thing. Uh, is he he just won a few states, a- didn't he? Well, isn't he just going for like a Mike Gravel thing now where he's just like, haha, I'm still in the race. I'll no. just make some funny videos while I no. still have some campaign money. Is- no. Look <laughs> at my sweater vest. Buy them. <laughs> he, he is literally still in this. He has won some uh, straw polls, none of them that actually carry real delegates with them. Um, mm. but-, but he still has more delegates than Ron Paul. Mm, probably not. Uh, I mean, this delegate thing's really touch and go. You'll see. see the mainstream media report that he has That's more delegates. That's where I'm getting that. From. Yeah, has more delegates, but the mainstream media, frankly, doesn't understand how these delegates right. work. Isn't he really just going for another uh, Fox show? He just like wants to be some uh, show host or something like uh, Huckabee. It surprise into- me. No, Huckabee's going to be a radio star. No, right. Well, this guy worked okay, out for Huckabee. So there are four people just- in the the Republican primary race. And none of them have a chance. I mean, it's that's really what, what it comes Ron to. Paul? Right. So what they're just you making. Think Ron, great Paul, Ron Paul hasn't won a single state. But you don't think he has a chance against Barack Obama? That's not the statement does. that I made. They don't have a chance of winning. Well, it's, someone's going to win. Somebody's going to win. That's the crazy thing is you have four <laughs> losers in this race, and somebody's going to win it. I mean, Mitt Romney. I, 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 you know, I'm mean, sorry. You're not going to get the independents out to vote for Mitt Romney. I'll help you with that hope and change they brought you. I'm going to really represent America because I'm so rich. I mean, like, nobody's going to vote for this guy. Gingrich is like a walking hand grenade. He's so uh, angry and dangerous. Santorum is so far out of the fringe, and then most Republicans can't get behind Ron Paul. Well, I can get behind Ron Paul. It's, I don't know. There are a lot of more people too. who are hearing his message because yes. the others are so crazy. Yeah. But a lot of those people can't vote in the Republican primary, you know? I think mm. Ron Paul has the best uh, chance in the general against Barack Obama, and I think there's a really good argument he's the only one that can beat uh, beat Obama. But if Americans want peace, then he's the only one who can beat What evidence Barack do we Obama? have of that? There's plenty of evidence of that. That Americans I mean, want peace? Yeah, absolutely. Not enough to go to the voting bo- voting booth. Well, well, I think I that's think one a of the reasons of the, why Barack Obama was elected. Yeah, and I think that one of the Occupy um, statements or demands was an end to the wars. If uh, I read those correctly, I think that a lot of people are out in the streets protesting. War that they is an unpopular thing right now in this I country. I hope Ron Paul wins the Republican nomination. 
I just don't see a lot of evidence that he's going to do it. I mean, at this point, he hasn't oh, yeah. won. You can't, get your hope, you can't get your hopes up about those sorts of things. I, uh, for me, Ron Paul is a message campaign, and he's doing a darn good job But they're all just message campaign. I mean, they're all, I guess, but there's only message one campaign. message that matters. There's only one message campaign, there's, but the other ones don't have a chance of winning. They're all terrible candidates. I mean, you know, sadly, there's not one of those great candidates that's going to lead the Republicans in. Not that I care. I mean, yeah. you know, I... You know, I don't care either. Romney or like Gingrich said, get just... the nod, uh, or uh, Romney, Gingrich, or Santorum get the nod. Obviously, I'm voting for somebody else. So. Uh, the only thing I'm bummed out about is that uh, Ron Paul. I guess they they've canceled a couple of the debates, which is a disappointment. People are getting Haven't, tired of debating or something. Yeah, they've like had that. enough of these debates. I say I no. <laughs> I say have more because the more they can have, the more Ron Paul gets airtime, the more new people are going to flip across a channel and they're going to see this you know, Ron Paul talking There might about be liberty. a few, but I think people are really sick of these things at this point. I think that it, maybe it's just my perception, but I think there have been a lot more debates than I've ever seen in the, in the past. I think you're haven't, right. Yeah. Haven't there been more of these? I don't need to it's, see another it one. It sure <laughs> seems like it. There's another one coming up in what well, looks like tomorrow night. In Mesa, but it's been about a month since the last debate, and the next one after this is another month down the road. A debate's going to help Gingrich. It's not going to help anybody else. Well, I disagree. I think anytime you can get the message of liberty onto national airwaves is a good thing, and that's going to. I'm help talking the about the presidential race. Yeah, I, I, who cares about all that? Right. You're, you're you're talking about getting a message out, and you know that's that's fine yeah. and dandy. So, what's the message that Santorum is getting out now? Satan. <laughs> Satan has uh, these quotes from uh, from Santorum here. Him in front, I mean, he does a lot of his little campaigning at churches, which I do not understand. How in the world these places can allow this guy to stand in them? Uh, Is this like the Hail Mary, uh, you know, political campaign move? Like he's got nothing left, so he's going to pull <laughs> nothing Satan out? left. He's the front runner. Is he? What? <laughs> yes. You people out of that out of touch. Santorum's the front yeah, runner. I, really I, don't I, I don't follow the federal government. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the air waves more coming up more about this americans are losing their wealth people are rioting in the streets for years the american people have ignored the assaults on our liberty the book in plain sight that disregarded truth not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty but also identifies and explains how we the american people can restart what was once a free america it's time to wake up protect our liberty and return the government back to its proper role it's time to know the truth order in plain sight the disregarded truth today at amazon.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. The number, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. You control the content of the site. You find something online that you think is interesting, share it with other listeners by submitting it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. And then others get to vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestions. And you vote on things as well. The most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys just cost too much, well... You need to know about Jurisdictionary.com. Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys or people who need to know what their attorneys are doing. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. You need to know how to make courtroom objections, uh, how how to make motions to get uh, evidence and uh, get hearings and all the things that that, that go on in the courtroom. If you don't know them, they're going to run right over you. 
you know, I, uh, there was a time when I took a, uh, a course on auto mechanics. Now, I don't fix my own car, but when I go into the uh, mechanic shop, those people know at least that I know what I'm talking about, and they don't screw me around. Jurisdictionary.com. Um, the course is so easy. The average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Go check it out uh, at Jurisdictionary.com. There's lots of free tools and um, things there for you to try out. When you buy the, the product... You can get actually instant access online when you do, but the four CD package will be in the mail to you. Um, when you buy the product, remember to use the pull down. Mention Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. All right. So we continue discussing this Rick Santorum guy. He is out there on the campaign trail talking about Satan. What's he saying? Well, here's some quotes, um, but basically in the quotes, he mentions Satan and uh, essentially the personification of evil as a real being and i don't live in a world where satan exists you know like that's not what my life's like but some just a tool lots of people just a do. tool of satan i must be right you're a vessel <laughs> if i'm not with <laughs> I, I, you're not if, with him you're against right him. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, so i must be I, I, since i don't believe satan exists i must be a tool of satan obviously if you were satan you would want people to not believe you existed or right? i guess it would be if you're not with us meaning the evangelicals yes. you're with satan yeah, it's this explains a lot about you, Mark. I'm, I'm <laughs> learning a lot here. Let me give some of the quotes here from Santa. San he looks Toro. like a tool to me. <laughs> Satan has uh, his sights set on the United States of America. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Rick Santorum. Satan is attacking the great institutions of America using those uh, great vices of pride, vanity, sensuality as the root to attack all the strong uh, plants that has so deeply rooted in the American tradition. As this is if quotes from this is a quote. Yeah, these are quotes. Okay. These are in, in quote marks. As if politicians haven't been stricken by pride and vanity since the mm. very beginning. You know, the, the suggestion is that America is this great God-created thing and that Satan's attempting to attack it. Mm. Um, that's basically what he was saying from the from God's the favorite am, country. Am I supposed yeah. to take him literally? He's saying... Yes! Well, <laughs> in, in one sense, okay, so he's talking about Satan and then he says that he's attacking plants. And so <laughs> I know that's supposed to be metaphorical. So, like, is the whole sentence metaphorical? Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, that, that's kind of the thing that I wonder here when people, because a lot of, you know, I don't know. I think that people give some folks a pass on the Satan thing, talking about it just as though it is evil, the evil that we are fighting. I don't really even believe in evil. I, I believe that people do things and, you know, that those those things are moral or immoral, but... I don't believe in like evil, uh, like a, a black-hearted person that only does bad things or something like that. I just don't believe in that. He's sitting there in his sweater vest telling the American people some sort of bedtime story to scare them as they go to sleep. I mean, oh, here's Satan. He has his sights on America. Watch out. He says he attacks us all, and he attacks all of our institutions. I mean, that's exactly what he's doing. Mm. <laughs> you know, Satan's out there. Going, Fire and brimstone. Going after people. And, you and, know, speaking of Santorum, didn't didn't the church lady wear a sweater vest? Isn't that what she, she, wore, she would warn of? Cardigan. SNL? Is that from SNL? Yeah. Is it a cardigan? Anyway, uh, she wore, certainly wore a sweater. I wonder how many people believe in Satan. Because I've gone, you say you had some numbers. I've gone and done some research, but it, it is of no Uh-oh. value whatsoever. What do because you mean? Because the, the numbers stretch so far and wide. I bet you it, it varies by uh, demographic. It varies by location. Sure, it does. 
How many? You what know, percentage? Bible Belt is going to be higher than, say, New Hampshire. One number, um, you know, a, a pretty common number was 66% of Americans believe in 66. Satan. 66. <laughs> <laughs> and another one was as high as 70% of Americans believe in Satan. What? And then I've got a number here from Christian Today, um, ChristianToday.com, and it says, uh, let's see, American Christians. How, what percentage of American Christians do you believe believe in Satan? 99.7. What? Well, I I'm going to say 50. No, I'll make it 99.6 so you can flip it upside down. So you're saying <laughs> that Christians are less likely to believe in Satan than... Um, I've got my fingers crossed over here. I'm hoping. It's 35% according to this huh? article. So 35% of Christians and then other articles claim... I think that this is just stupid polls that get repeated. Wow. You know, what... Crazy. Is Satan a personification of evil, or is he just like this term that with this poetic term for evil? So um, between like thirty-five and seventy percent of the U.S. believes that Satan is a real guy that's going know, after people and has his sights on America. To me, it's one thing to believe in God. Okay, you know, okay. God, gotcha. It's another thing entirely to take the step over to the devil. Because once you've gone to the step to the devil, then you're, then you're, you know, the next little uh, stepping stones to angels and demons flying around, sticking pitchforks in people's brains. I mean, you're right there. It's bam, bam, bam. All of it, you know, you believe in the devil, you believe in all that other stuff. Right. I'm going to be watching my back for Yosemite Sam next. We don't have any control of our lives, and, uh, you know, spiritual uh, universe is more important than the, 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 the physical one, and all these other things that go along with it. Did Powers you see- and principalities. Rulers in heavenly places, you know these kind of things. So you probably already saw the Reuters poll about Satan. Did you see that one? I don't know. I've, I've I looked at several. Quick, I just did a quick Google, and uh, they polled twenty four hundred fifty five U.S. adults, and they did this in two thousand and five. Ask, and they found that eighty two percent believed in God, seventy nine percent believed in miracles, seventy five percent in heaven, seventy two in that Jesus is God and the or the Son of God. <coughs> Belief in hell and the devil was expressed by 62%. So that's still the lowest number, it seems, out of these. Even 35% of Christians, according to Christian Today, believe that Satan is real. Uh, What's their source? A a poll on their website? I I don't know. Okay, well, that's relevant here. This is Zogby, an official kind of scientific polling organization doing a telephone poll of over 2,400 people. I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that ahead of what what you're, you're saying. You're telling me that more than sixty percent of Americans believe in the devil. That's what the poll found. I mean, but it may be sixty percent of Americans with telephones at, at home. How far are we <laughs> so from be older believing that uh, you know that 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 AIDS is caused by demons? Then I mean, really, not I, far. I guess you know. I mean, if you believe this stuff that <laughs> that Jesus came to Earth instead of uh, the God came to Earth in the form of His Son in order to satisfy His own bloodlust that he created, whatever, um, if you believe that story, then he, and he spent his time casting demons out and throwing them into pigs or whatever, rather than teaching people to wash their hands after they go poop. I mean, for <laughs> God's sake. I mean, well, wow, this is nuts. Well, Who's going to take Santorum's word that he knows what's up with well, Jesus and the devil? Every time you get near Santorum, you should wash your hands. Do you have, oh man, do it. 855-450-FREE. Is there more about Santorum on Satan? Because I want to hear it. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Uh, Do you believe in Satan? Tell us. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? 
ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Take control of these airwaves, dial toll-free, and bring up whatever you want, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there. We've got listening options, and they are free, of course. You can go and enjoy our live streams in broadband, midband, and narrowband versions, different bandwidths, sizes for your internet connection. Pick the one that sounds best and works best for you. Over at listen.freetalklive.com, you'll also learn about the over 100 great radio stations airing the show at various times throughout the, uh, the, 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 the week. And our satellite listening options, webcam, listen lines as well, which allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to get involved there. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Derek J., are you registered for the Liberty Forum? I am not at this time. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. Are you going to go? I, yeah, I wanted to go Saturday. I'm going to be going up there for one day, uh-huh. uh, meeting a bunch of folks and shaking hands and, you know, connecting with people. But no, I, I haven't registered. I see. So it's your intention to just show up the day of and get a day pass? Yes. Cool. Well, it's going to be good to have you there because I know a lot of people are probably interested in meeting you after having heard you, uh, you know, on this show and seeing your videos over at liveforyourdance.com and over at freekeen.com. Uh, and if, in fact, the Liberty Forum is this week and it's all weekend long. If you can make it up for more than a day, you should uh, go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can get registered there. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum and use discount code FTL2012 to save 10%. Even though it's a last-minute registration, uh, you will still be able to get the discount. Unfortunately, it's too late to get into the luncheons or dinners. They had to get those orders in, I, I think, by Sunday. So um, you can still get in. You can still come to all of the events that are happening. And there are a lot of things happening. There's going to be the civil disobedience panel that uh, I'll be speaking on. It's always a great, it's always a great panel. Uh, plus other discussions about like moving to New Hampshire, people's experiences in moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which is, of course, a, mo- a movement of thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all converging to the same geographic area. And in this case, this weekend, hundreds of those thousands will be converging in the same hotel for the weekend. And it's going to be a blast. It's always a good time. Uh, and after-hours parties, daytime uh, you know, convention, it is just a wonderful experience getting to meet hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people. So if you, if you can be there this weekend, even if it is just for a day, uh, come on up. You're not going to regret spending the time at the Liberty Forum. freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. And uh, the guest speakers are going to be fantastic as well. Carlos Miller from Photography is Not a Crime. Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture. I'm very Culture. interested in meeting him. Yeah, he's he's a hero as far as I'm concerned. The guy is very brave. He'll stand up in front of any cop and continue to record video even if it gets him arrested. And obviously there are a lot of people here in New Hampshire that can understand and empathize with that because many of us have been arrested for or threatened with arrest for similar things. So he'll be there. Peter Schiff, the investment advisor, will be speaking, also giving a seminar, as I understand it. Prax Girl from YouTube will be on. 
on the premises. Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture Magazine, as I mentioned, uh, Michael Cloud from the Center for Small Government, and many more. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use discount code FTL2012. We'll see you there. We're broadcasting live. In fact, Mark, we've got uh, th- this show and tomorrow, and then we're going to be there. So Thursday night's our first night from the Liberty Forum. Yeah. All right. 855-450-FREE. Do you believe in Satan? Because that's what Santorum has been out there talking about on the campaign trail, clearly believing this is going to resonate with uh, with Americans and they're going to hear his message about the devil and they're going to vote for him because he is the one man, the one man chosen by God who will be able to – well, I don't know if he said these things, but isn't this kind of the intimation, right? Like if he's talking about how Satan's trying to take over the country, just elect me and I'll stop him. Is that pretty much his pitch? I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I don't know what's going on in his mind or the, uh, the, the campaign rooms in the back or anything like that. I have no idea. But what you say makes a, makes, certainly makes sense to me. It, that would be juxtaposed to uh, the headline from CNSnews.com, Ron Paul on social conservatism. I think it's a losing position. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say that I think it's a losing position too. But then I see things like, these numbers, uh, you know, and the claim of how many people believe in the United States believe in Satan, and I, I, I'm stunned. You know, frankly, I'm stunned. If you believe that Satan's real, why the heck aren't you in church acting like a freaking Christian? I mean, because most of America doesn't. Doesn't go to church? Doesn't go to church or act like Christians. Well, I don't know. I do see Santora making these claims that, you know, he knows about the celestial realm and that he's insinuating he has a direct line with the big guy in the sky and just Satan. like the Pope. Well, lots, yeah. So isn't he claiming he has that, yeah. the same knowledge as the Pope then? Well, I think that uh, I, I think that it would be I, I'll back him on that. I believe that everybody has the same line on the, as the Pope does. <laughs> um, you know, I but think who's that, going to believe him. Is there anyone out there who's who's seriously going to believe that uh, Santorum knows better than they do or than the Pope does? No, about they believe that what's going Santor- on Satan? Santorum knows as well as they do. There are lots of people that believe that they talk to God throughout the day. And, you know, I'm not even that far from that position. I believe that God communicates with us all day. But I don't think that he's sending me messages about, you know, things like... Uh, you know what television shows I should be watching, or what my uh, you know whether or not people should get you know gay people should get married, or you know, like all these things that seem to be these crusades that uh, the, the the right the moral majority types, not that they're a majority by the way, uh, actually go on. So I've got another uh, piece here. I'm looking at this Santorum on Satan thing. He's, well, I got I got a quote yeah. here. I want, okay, what, go yeah. ahead. This is a spiritual war. That was the one I was about to read. Okay. Go ahead. And the father of lies has that's that's Satan. Just for anybody uh-huh. who uh, doesn't know, <laughs> has his sights on what you would think the father of lies would have his sights on: a good, decent, powerful, influential country, the United States of America. If you were Satan. Who would you attack in this day and age? Uh-oh. So I have a problem with this. We're all sinners before God. Our righteousness is like dirty rags. By the way, in that in some translations I've heard, it's like minstrel rags before mm-hmm. God. Okay, so yucky, especially when you're talking right. about a paternalistic uh, uh, religion that considers women to be less than men. 
Yucky, yucky. Um, you know, this is what our righteousness is before God. So his claim that this is a good nation, consider that during the Iraq war, 90% of the deaths were civilian deaths, civilian non-combatant deaths. Now, I'm going to assume that a good percentage of those civilian non-combatant deaths were probably people who had nothing to do with that conflict. Mm-hmm. The United States, during that conflict, just a few years ago, murdered a good percentage of the of the people of the deaths during it's that war. It's not murder when they do it. Was a good well, yes, it's it is illegal killing. No, no, it's not. It's murder. And well, that's, I'm just saying what they would say. I don't. I, I don't care. He's making a claim that this is a good nation. There has not been any regret. There has not been any asking for forgiveness. So therefore, this is not a good da- nation. This is a nation besmirched by sin, not worthy of God. That, I'm only talking about their religion. I don't believe this. I'm not making any positive claims for myself. I'm only speaking of the religion Christianity that I have a really good basis of understanding for and how he can say that this is a good and decent nation. And, um, power, well, powerful, I'm certainly not going to deny, and influential, I'm not going to deny, but good and decent. How can he make mm. that claim when there have been no asking for forgiveness? Well, I mean, the nation's asked for forgiveness on a few uh, a few different topics. Well, the nation can't do anything. It's just an idea. There are only individuals. He has made the claim that it is a good and decent nation. So therefore, he has to. De- he's made a positive statement. I'm not making any positive statements. I'm only you know understand. I only understand the Bible as I understand the Bible, and so therefore, you can't say it's good. It's like saying Jeffrey Dahmer's good. Santorum's talking a bunch of baloney. I hope that all this just peters out and everyone forgets how ridiculous he is. Because aren't aren't Christians supposed to be asking what would Jesus do and and right. not like what, who would Satan attack? <laughs> that, I mean that that sounds like a rhino in sheep's clothing to me. I, it, it's precisely what it is. But I, this guy's got legs. He's the front runner right now. He, toll, toll free number here eight five five four fifty free. I would like to hear from you if you're someone who believes in Satan. And also, if you believe in Satan, how do you feel about what Santorum is saying here? Do you believe this, you know, this line that America is a good place and that Satan would target here more so than anywhere else? 855-450-FREE. What about your beliefs on the devil? 1-855-450-FREE. You take control. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Hey, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you may shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find a variety of different products because it's Amazon. You'll go to shop.freetalklive.com. It'll take you to our site. Or you'll see uh, some choices. You get to choose which Amazon you would like to shop from. So it can be Amazon Canada, Amazon US, Amazon uh, Germany, etc. 
So click on the one that's right for you, and then Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. So whatever it is you want to buy through Amazon, just start shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. You get stuff you want at great prices delivered to your door, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. Shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Simon, listening to XM in Tennessee. Simon, are you actually listening to us on XM right now? Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm listening on the uh, headset. I'm just so used to listening on XM. Okay, I was going to say, we're not supposed to start there until 10 o'clock at night Eastern, so go ahead. Yeah, just to be on the funny side, I called uh, last month to Coast to Coast AM, and uh, one might ask themselves, why would I call such a small show like you now that I've uh, hit the big time? You're a big star. (laughs) But uh, I wanted to just kind of briefly go over some Rick Sam Torndale. My wife was kind of leaning toward his way, and I was trying to come up with some ideas to let her know about. Um, you know, I know, of course, he probably won't want to get out of the 131, 130 uh, countries around the world, like y'all say, that we're in. And um, also to kind of hit on the, uh, uh, what is the birth control deal? Now, would it be his voting record where he actually says, oh, women cannot use birth control, or is it where, is that just his own belief? I mean, wouldn't there be a little bit of a difference there? I mean, I'm Ron Paul all the way, putting up Ron Paul signs, but I just kind of wanted to see where you're uh, Mother viewpoints besides the birth control and uh, kind of his voting record maybe on that. I know you're, that sounds kind of like me. It's hard to study every single candidate, you know, and all the voting records and all that is kind of a bit much. But, uh, well, the Ron Paul, the Ron Paul campaign has had a couple of commercials out. Um, you could probably go to ronpaul2012.com and uh, find the commercials, but, or, or just uh, Google Ron Paul Santorum uh, commercial and you'll find. Uh, several of them. Uh, he's had several commercials that have come out that have actually talked about his voting record on issues like uh, spending, because Santorum is at the very best, at the very best, uh, a fiscal moderate. Um, and Ron Paul has called him a fiscal liberal. So, you know, he's certainly socially conservative, but there are lots of people in the world that are socially conservative and fiscally liberal. Comes to mind Jesse Jackson and uh, Al Sharpton. These are some uh, these are some people that are uh, socially conservative, but they're fiscally liberal. They believe the government has a place and has the ability to control the marketplace and is going to have some kind of success doing that. Um, you know, I mean, so if you just take a look at some of those ads, you'll probably find out some uh, some some points that will work on your wife if she. If those kind of uh, issues are motivating to her, well, according okay, to the yeah, news, by the way, Simon, no, just no, no. just sorry, Simon, just to answer your question, uh, Santorum, according to Time Magazine, has said he personally opposes birth control, but allegedly has come out afterwards and said that it should still be available. So that's you know, so he's kind of between those two uh, locations. Okay, me and my wife have had discussions with this quite a bit, you know, and she was on some birth control and then ended up having a. Uh, miscarriage and it's just you know i'd really encourage women to really i'm not sure if there has to be a cleansing process after your own birth control you know but if you're trying to avoid a miscarriage uh kind of seems like there's some statistics there like that could be harmful if you're worried about that but uh yeah i definitely hope that he wouldn't try to push that and make the decision for women you know but uh on the other issues it sounds like there's uh plenty of things to go against him as far as just big government right like you're saying and uh, i'll definitely study that some more and as far as um him coming, he's actually coming to Chattanooga, Tennessee, is what my wife saw on the news. He's coming to a church we used to go to, and I think what it is, they kind of rent out the building. I'm not sure what they've done at other churches, mm-hmm. but uh, they're still letting them come to the church, so it does seem kind of unusual, you know, to let them uh, come there. But then again, Ron Paul was coming, I'd be uh, 
pretty happy. Right. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, I just wonder, I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, complaining about it too much, but I do wonder, I mean, if this place is, uh, you know, doesn't, if this organization doesn't pay income taxes or corporate taxes or any kind of taxes, um, and the place doesn't pay property taxes, then how is it that they can go about having people from, you know, politicians speak there? I mean, it just doesn't, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Some towns, the biggest place to meet is one of the churches, though, so it can make it difficult. Most of the time, they don't come to those size towns. They're looking to uh, to make it, to draw a big crowd. But. Hey, Simon. Uh, so, do you believe in Satan? Yeah, I was going to mention that. Now, what I was wondering is uh, something funny you could do. You know, I don't know if you ever seen the Haunting or documentary such as that. I really like the Haunting. It was on Discovery uh, Channel, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. It's a really good uh, documentary on there. And I was thinking, we could just find the most haunted place in King, New Hampshire, around there go stay there for, you know, a week or maybe even start renting and living there. I mean, these are some really crazy stories. And, uh, I mean, but then again, I guess if something crazy happened to you, if you did go do that, I guess you could always say, well, uh, yeah, things didn't move around. Things were thrown at me and nobody was there, you know, such as is on some of these documentaries. I guess you could always say, well, it may be something else. It's not necessarily Satan, but I think you would be more keen, like, you know, to say, well, there's something going on. I mean, if there's something, some kind of- well, if something threw a vase at me, I would think I would suddenly believe in the devil. Are you serious? What? Well, what? Wait a minute. Ghosts aren't the same as Satan. No, they're not. But I mean, if something, if and, I, 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 I'm open to everything at that point. Well, why would demons or ghosts or whatever be restricted by the boundaries of, like, say, a building? Aren't they able to just walk around all over the place? I would imagine I mean, that they are. Know. It's my understanding that they can't take corporeal form or move things physically. That all they can do is mess with your brain or something well right i I like what derek's saying here i mean if it's satan then uh, he would be everywhere tempting everyone at you know in any way possible right he wouldn't confine his activities to the creepy old house down the street (laughs) (laughs) so wait does that mean simon that you believe in satan but that's just these he's restricted to uh, haunted houses oh no i believe uh like mark's saying about the whole christianity thing well i don't know if you mentioned it but you know there's uh uh, what is it i forget it's uh one-third so there's more than just Satan, you know, that's uh, all around. But yes, I believe the uh, biblical view on uh, all that, that there's a bunch of demons. and I'm not sure how many that would be, you know. But, uh, uh, all Legion. It's a, it's a third of the angels uh, were, were, were cast down with Satan. But that uh-huh. doesn't, you know, I mean, a third of uh, a trillion, it's a lot of darn demons. So tell me more about your beliefs. So you believe that there are demons running around. What does that mean? Are they inhabiting the bodies of humans? How, did that, how does that work? Well, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist. They didn't really uh, believe in uh, a lot of the, you know, come down to the altar and uh, get your freedom. But then I, uh, there was a pastor in town um, that got, I guess, so-called baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then he got into all that. He was just kind of more northern, you know, more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And he got to where he was help people. He even claimed, I, mean, I talked to them, and they said that they had a guy come, drove a long ways, wanted to uh, show his demons, but didn't really want to get saved and get free of them. And they said, well, we won't pray for you if you just want to. You know, so that's an example. Yes, but I do believe that you can uh, have that and be delivered from it. So that a guy, probably... so this guy came up to show his demons, and were you, you did you see this happen? The story they told me, but because he didn't seem like he really wanted to be free and be saved, he just kind of, I'm not sure, maybe wanted to mess with the, the people at that church. I'm not sure, but I, I, I tried to kind of study this thing, and, uh, you know, coast to coast AM, like I was mentioning, a lot of different stories, documentaries, and then uh, just reading the Bible and praying about it, you know, that's just the belief well, I've come you say you grew up Southern Baptist, Simon. Do you still go to church? Yes. Um, we, uh, we're we actually right outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I go to a, uh, 
Southern Baptist Church again, but they're kind of more uh, have more freedom in worship, and uh, and I still listen to all sorts of kind of preaching. Yes. Now, I'm not willing, uh, you know, like, I, I understand where you're coming from on ghosts. You know, I'm not willing to say, you know, there's nothing weird ever happens in this world. I, I'm not willing to go out on that limb. I don't see it until then. I'm not going to operate in my life like it exists. But at the same time, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape. Um, for me, the biggest problem with Christianity is hell um, and the threat thereof, because I think it drives people insane um, and, and, you know, makes them do all kinds of crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, I guess my question is this. How many... As a percentage of diseases, how many diseases are caused by demons? Oh, I'd have to really uh, study. My wife tells me I shouldn't say that all the time, study things for. But, you know, I have, I have a little trouble retaining a lot. You know, I try to study a lot, but retaining it's a little difficult. But as far as uh, caused by demons, I, I really uh, hard to say. I know my dad, for instance, of course, I shouldn't say too much. But, you know, uh, he's trouble with drinking a little bit. He mm-hmm. claimed that he was going to stop drinking. He heard a lion roar. This is what he told me. And, of course, you could say, well, he was drinking, right? But I think he said he was stopped drinking, and then something was banging on the wall so loud that he actually called the cops. So, for instance, you know, I don't. he said diseases, but uh, people would say drinking, he called it a disease, you know. Right. So, so does that mean that the demons were trying to get him to drink by having a lion roar and things banging around? Uh, some, you know, the people hanging around, and I've heard, you know, you say it's a stronghold, and yes, uh, you know, you think uh, they just roll in an open bar? I mean, forget all the roaring. <laughs> Fascinating. I said you'd think they would just roll in an open bar because nothing gets me act more uh, more satanic than when an op- than an open bar. I know. I want to know more about demons. If you want to hang through the news, I'd like you to tell us more. If you've got the time, Simon. If not, no problem. More coming up here. Uh, hour number two is on the way. If you want to tell us about your belief in demons, uh, I'd love to hear more. What What do they do? What is the purpose of these demons? Eight five five four fifty free. It's free talk. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features there totally free, as a good talk show website should be. Those other guys charge you for their sites. I bet you'll find more at freetalklive.com for free than you'll find behind the paywalls of some of those other talk show host websites. But see for yourself, freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark. We're talking about demons. And what brought this up is this Santorum guy, I guess, has been commenting, what, in 2008, or I don't know if it's recent. I saw that. No, no, it's... Uh, the Satan comments. I thought they were from 2008. I, I don't know. The story is from recent, but uh, the stories are recent. But I believe they've dug, dug up some comments from uh, some speeches he made a few years ago. Okay, it's not to say his beliefs have changed significantly since then. Uh, since then, but 
he was talking about how Satan is here and he's targeting the United States because the U.S. is a good country. And so be on the lookout, Americans. And if you don't elect me, then you'll fall prey to Satan. I am the one who will save you. I mean, I don't think he said he attacks all of us. And he attacks all of our institutions, meaning the United States. Right. I hope I mean, people have more self-respect than to believe a line like that. Well, apparently a lot of Americans believe in Satan. How many of them believe in Santorum is another question. Uh, but that Santorum's kind of, a fact. Take a, Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that led to discussion of demons, and we had a guy on the line. He did drop off during the break. But I find this belief system... Absolutely fascinating. It is a world in which I do not inhabit, and so I'm, I'm very curious about it. Uh, when I was growing up, I was at a Presbyterian church, and there really wasn't much talk about demons. No. In fact, there wasn't much talk about Satan either. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, it's, you know, it's not something I'm intimately familiar with. Different the, denominations, uh, you know, tackle this in different ways. There's sort of the mainstream denominations that just don't, don't discuss Satan very much. Well, speak no evil, see no evil, hear no evil, right? But, um, you but, know, the, the gentleman was talking about things like uh, aliens and and uh, ghosts and things like that. And, you know, all these beliefs are fine with me because they don't affect sort of real life. People that believe in aliens and ghosts mm-hmm. generally operate uh, similarly to the rest of us in the in the real world. They just have this kind of thing. I mean, I like the idea of a North American primate, so I... Like I read every story I can get on Bigfoot. I like Bigfoot, and it's fun. What you can have that if, you, I, I if you're do. into okay. that. If you're right. into those sorts of things, it's fun. It's a and I hobby. can discuss. I can take both sides of the Bigfoot debate, and I can debate them reasonably well. Um, right. But I like Bigfoot. But That's when you get it's crazy, he lives in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something that was very suspicious on the way home one time. Mm-hmm. The more I think about it, I think it was a moose, but um, mm. which is good because I hadn't haven't seen a live moose in New Hampshire since I've been here. Everyone who I've ever heard talk about Bigfoot's been hitting the bottle a little harder. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> would never drink and drive, uh, not on the way home from work at least. So the but uh, but my concern about demons is kind of the cultural aspect that that the effects that these things have. I mean, the bubonic plague was caused. By the black black death was caused by people's belief in demons and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, Christians believed that cats were in league with witches and Satan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you know, you can see that th- that's still talked about today. Black cats, witches, you know, it's all together. Sure. So cats are in league with Satan. Remember. These people didn't have little kitties that stay, stayed at home with a litter box and some uh, Purina cat chow. I mean, this was whatever century it was, the 14th century or whatever it is. So, you know, cats were things that lived near humans because mice live near humans and, you know, the things that they want to eat live near humans. Sure, and humans have waste. and They, they don't mind getting stuff. petted probably as kittens and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they decided to go around killing all the cats. Well, you kill all the cats, then nobody kills the the rats, and the, the rats have uh, fleas that uh, you know then carry the plague, and you know whatever it is. And you've got an epidemic on your head. right. You kill half of, or excuse me, a third of Europe because of your stupid belief in demons. Mm. You know, so I find the belief in demons to be far more damaging. Than belief in uh, aliens or, or whatever, you know those. Things. I would that would make sense. It's still happening today. I mean, that talk of the bubonic plague, uh, it hasn't gone away. That's why I can't stand this demon talk. 
Because it's a horrible non-answer to actually serious questions, right? <laughs> like, like, why does the, the world hate the U.S.? Well, maybe there's another answer besides demons, demons. and Satan and other fairy tales. <laughs> right, if you believe, if you, right, if you, if you believe in demons, then why the, why the heck isn't it that demons have infested the rest of the world? I mean, if, if according to Santorum, the United States is a uh, good, decent, powerful, influential country, then it just stands to reason the rest of the countries are not as good, not as decent, not as powerful, not as influential. The last two are pretty obvious. Um, right. And the so danger, they must be full of demons. If, well, and the danger is the same as the bubonic plague, that people stop looking for answers because they think they've got one, you know, mm. like, oh, demons. Right. What, what, <laughs> demons. End of, end of conversation, end, right? That's the end of the discussion. Yeah, demons. We don't, we don't need to think about how, you know, the U.S. government's bombing people overseas, and maybe there are other reasons why the, the world hates the U.S. government. Right. And and this this is what leads me down the trail of freaking the F out. I mean, I've just, I, I, I hate this demon conversation so much because, you know, the, the, the New Testament has Jesus casting demons out of things. I, there's one particular instance he casts legions and You know what, Mark? That and, sounds like something a demon would say. Right, right. <laughs> And, and you, I mean, so you're going to believe this story and, and then, you know, I just I find it so insane. I mean, you know, Jesus could have done far more for the world. God, who knows everything, could have done far more for the world by coming down and telling people to wash their hands after they go poo poo rather than uh, rather than casting, quote unquote, demons out of things. I want to hear what you think on the uh, demon issue or this, you know, Santorum's claim that Satan is targeting America. Do you believe in Satan in the first place? Tell me about your thoughts and Jesus your beliefs. Jesus sketched out a steam engine, you know? Larry is listening in Indy to WXNT. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, and Mark. How you doing, uh, Derek? And uh, Mark. Hey, you know, Larry. We have uh, went as far as to create our own demons. You look at a man like Steve Jobs, right? As if we don't have enough natural demons running around here, we got computers to contend with now. And I still say that anybody that has a computer hooked to the internet in their home is doing child abuse. My little five year old grandson. What? Uh, I'm, here's, listen to my reason. I'm listening. Now, uh, I was over at my ex-wife's house. My little grandson was over there, and we was having a birthday party for him, right? Yep. Now, he could not get away from the computer watching Evil Birds. What? He watched Evil, evil Birds. birds. A- angry Birds. Oh, right. <laughs> well, Angry Birds, Evil Birds, uh-huh. what the difference is. <laughs> yep. Gotcha. This he is the game where you... He was playing Evil Birds, and he could... I told him, I said, Evil Birds ain't going to put no food on your table. Oh, well, that much is true. All waste Larry. your time. He's still going for He's it. He's five years old. Play. Well, so, Larry, I, think I hope you, you're you're not joking. So you're talking no, about metaf- you're I'm, talking I'm, about I'm metaphorical demons, though, right? Because you're talking about yep. distractions from things that make people productive. That's right. Well, I'm talking about the way I'm talking about the kids at a young age are losing their cognition. I was in a client's house, uh, three year old kids in their diapers. Uh-huh. They had the con- game consoles playing. The Star Wars games isn't, or whatever they call them. Isn't that an those. achievement? Isn't that amazing? It's not an achievement. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How, do, how, how is it that video games and Angry Birds are losing, encouraging young people to lose their cognition? I mean, if anything, it helps uh, sharpen hand-eye coordination. It sharpens nothing because it's addictive and it enhances their uh, voyeurism. And fun is addictive. I mean, fun, really is, fun is addictive. Should all it's things that are fun, fun. be banned? It's not fun. It's cruelty. Like the, Video like, games? Like the song Fascinating Rhythm. You ever heard Fascinating Rhythm? No, but I'll be listening to it during the break. 
at the end song, he said, why don't you take a day off? It started out fun, but now he's praying for it to get off his back. Larry, are you a Luddite? I I know we've talked to you in the past. Are you a Luddite? you sure have. Are you a Luddite? Hello? Would you describe yourself as a Luddite? No, I am a a colored man. I'm uh, 56 years old and and March 11th. So I've been around and seen the transition. When did you stop using technology? From, I don't use technology. Did you use a, a record a player? Did you I, use? I have, I have a t- uh, the, the radio. But you know what? It's getting so full of uh, sick commercials. And name your disease of the week, or name your five k run for heart disease. Tell you what, Larry. Hang on, I want to talk week. more about being a luddite here in a moment. Uh, we'll find out more about Larry here. Luddites, demons, anything you want to talk about goes eight five five four fifty free free talk live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you may bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. They're all completely free. As long as you're not afraid of computers, uh, you can enjoy our website over at freetalklive.com. Part of the fun of doing an internet business is dealing with all the technical glitches that pop up, such as the uh, one the Beezer brothers discovered last week at their Big Head Press website. Oh, no. Yeah, both the purchase links on their sale page for their latest graphic novel, Escape from, Fer- uh, Escape from Terra Volume 2, Ooh. were fouled up in such a way that it was impossible for fans to order the book. <sighs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know about Escape from Terra, it is a free online web comic. I um, read it in jail. It was it- great. Oh, you got you got the first uh, volume, right? The first one, yeah. I have it too, and I actually got it signed by Scott, so I'm very pleased with that. Great, it, it's it's awesome. Uh, it's really, really, really awesome. Uh, I like Lemuse better, but Escape from Terror. Lemuse is a really you can see that at BigHeadPress.com too. Uh, yeah. But y- if you're going to do Escape from Terror, start from the beginning. I really, you know, I I started with it and just consumed yeah, it's a it all cool, the way through. It's a cool sci-fi thing. Yeah. Anyway, so if with you, a real the, liberty message too, the the problems are fixed, and now to make amends to fans who may have been. Th- Thwarted by those glitches uh, th- through this Saturday, so this is really short term. They're uh, they're they're offering the book for two dollars off the list price of fourteen ninety five. That makes it twelve ninety five plus shipping. Um, so they're doing the the Mardi Gras sale because, uh, well, you know. Uh, voluntarists doing a, a President's Day sale wouldn't make much That's sense. That's cool, man. Smart <laughs> yeah. move on their part. So you can find the book at uh, BigHeadPress.com. I guess they got the W's here. So well, I'm glad they're doing this because I didn't know it was out. That's great news. Yeah, I didn't know it was out either. Um, and it's it's a better way to read the series. You I think to, so. Yeah, just uh, have it in your well, hand. Well, it's free like. if you go to BigHeadPress.com where yeah. you can actually read the, the all of them online for free. Well, and then I, and I did that. And then I read, when I got Volume 1, I read it all the way through to, again. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, it's it's nice. Bigheadpress.com. Yep. And by the way, read Lemuse. Yeah, for sure. Eight five five four fifty free. I love Lemuse because uh, it snuck through. The, it got through the censors at the jail. It totally should have been banned from the jail by the jail's own policies. I but see. Uh, but I got it, and it was great. Mm. 
And that's also at BigHeadPress.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE. Larry dropped off the line. Uh, Luddite Larry, as well, I, uh, he should I be think called. Be, no, I think you're being too too cruel. Too oh, he's a total Luddite. He doesn't think that you should be... I mean, he's he's even iffy about using the radio. I mean, this guy... <laughs> He thinks that children using computers is going to ruin them. I think there's value for an adult to make a decision for themselves that they're not going to use a particular piece of of media. Um, You know, if you decide, you know what, I'm watching too much, I'm spending too much time on the television. That thing's getting shut off. I'm shutting down. I think there's uh, value. Cable. No, I agree with you. I think there's value to stepping away from technology that you believe is eating your life away. And I absolutely agree with him that uh, children that are unchecked and certain types of media can consume too much of it and that they need to get a balanced diet of different types of media. However, on the other side of the equation, grumpy people have been grumping about what kids have been doing since grumpy people have been able to grump. Um, I mean, you know, kids, comic comic books, (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons, rock rock and roll. These are just things that I know about. Right. Atari. uh, He's just putting a frowny face on human achievement here. I mean, anyone who You don't think kids can have too much. You don't think a kid can sit, a five-year-old can sit around with an iPad too much and play Angry Birds? That's not the point he was making, though. He seemed to be saying that the technology itself is what was so dangerous. That Absolutely. These kids just take to it, and I, I, so well, it's infested with demons, and they're going to get into the well, children. Well, he didn't say it was demons, but he did certainly seem to think that uh, it was an addictive thing, and that it was negative, and that you know that, that it was likely to hook kids and, and waste a bunch of time. And there's no doubt there are examples of people who have, for, for instance, the uh, the guys that play video games too much. They, they miss going to work. They uh, miss a date with a girl. I mean, th- these are real stories, right? Like people have had their lives affected by the, the habits that they create for themselves surrounding technology. So there's no doubt that there are, you know, people with addictive personalities are likely to have trouble with things that are fun because <laughs> fun can be <laughs> addictive. Uh, whether we're talking about playing video games or using mind-altering substances or whatever it is we're discussing that someone might consider fun there is always that risk of hey careful don't waste too much time on that you've got to do productive things too so i get the concern but to just slough it all off and to say uh you know just say no to technology kids is going to leave you in the dirt i mean it's going to leave you behind the times and you are going to be completely disconnected from the world around you that is very very tech savvy what did i just hear on the radio today like one out of every two americans has a smartphone now really i believe i heard that on the radio this morning that's hard for me to imagine i'm ready to move from smartphones back to dumb phones it's one in five when you look at older demos so like 65 and up one in five have a smartphone but on average americans across the board one in one out of two they're not as good as old phones you know, despite all the demons that are now going to be erupting in our souls, I, I think it's going to make the population a lot more productive. I'm pretty certain that uh, Facebook has demons in it. Well, it it could make the population more productive, or it could keep you on Facebook more time, per, you know, throughout the day. So I, it just I all kind depends. of feel like that's what uh, Larry was was really really at the bottom of what he was saying. That that's what he was saying. That you know, he, there's a certain level level of productivity. You spend too much time entertaining yourself. Hey, you know, as a five year old, let's look at who butters your bread. Come on over here. Talk to grandpa, sit in his lap, uh, you know, tell me, you know, I get let me tell that. you some stories. And that's really where your bread's buttered, kid. And that's, you know, that uh, it's absolutely true. That's yeah. fine. But to, but to say that it's technology's fault or that technology is to blame or that technology should be uh, shunned uh, because, you know, it's, it's somehow ruining things. I, 
I think that there are good arguments to be made to be cautious. But again, technology is just a double-edged. It's just a you know, it's a tech. It's a tool. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You can use it for good. You can use it for uh, to waste time. You can use it for to be productive. You can use it for fun. And it's just all up to you as to how you you handle yourself with it. No, I, I don't think so for children. I mean, for adults, I totally agree with you. But the, Larry was talking about how having a computer in the home is child abuse. And I don't see any reason <laughs> to, to be upset if a child is using a computer or mastering a video game. It's not like the child has to be off at work. Right. They're, they're building skills there. And I see every reason what to be the proud of your of, child. Uh, you know, what? Come on. I mean, this could, hand could eye you coordinate- you do that when you were three? The, the, I, you know, I was impressed when he said uh, three-year-old and diapers, but I'm wondering... Really, a three-year-old using a, a PlayStation controller? Yeah, they're using iPads and iPhones now. I, I, I'd like to see the you know I'd like to see the video of it. I'm sure it's out there and happening. But you never son, know when you're going to need to throw birds into pigs. My son <laughs> cannot uh, use a PlayStation controller. He's been playing with the Wii and you know pretending he's a penguin on an iceberg or whatever you know bobbling back and forth and stuff like that. But that the Wii is a completely different interface than these uh, the buttons. I mean, he can push the buttons on the PlayStation and has done that. But that's a pretty complex kind of uh, interaction. And at some point or another, you've got all the hand-eye coordination PlayStation's going to give you. Eh, I don't know. I think the multitasking is a productive skill to work on. And I I think that it's positive for these children to be using them because that's the lives they're going to be living in the future. They're going to be getting text messages and checking Facebook. And they need to do all of these things like at once yesterday. So I, I think it's a fantastic move, and I'm happy to see young kids uh, using more technology. Obviously, kids have to use technology. Uh, you know, that's the it's the wave of the future, and they will be left behind. I'm not willing to say any of those things like that. But I, technology has its drawbacks, and one needs to be prepared for that. And I don't think a five year old necessarily can. They can't. They cannot self regulate. Toll free number is eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up what you want, share your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include news updates, so you can get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can get signed up to follow our emailed updates, Twitter or Facebook, all of it free over at news.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections or layout billing and the purchase charged off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers, treating them with respect. You can go 
uh, freetalklive.com. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page that has been for a very long time. One of the principals over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, a big supporter of Free Talk Live. He feels his uh, advertising dollar is best spent here. So uh, do business with SACL CAI because they do business with Free Talk Live. As we continue with you and your thoughts, let's go to David listening in Indy to WXNT. Hello, David. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to call in and kind of rant a little bit. I was in a class tonight, and uh, they brought up like a problem-solution scenario, and uh, I mean, there were some ridiculous ones, but the one that stood out was uh, this lady was talking about how there was a family where the husband couldn't find a job, and she thinks that the government should do something to take care of him to make sure that he can have a job so that he doesn't have to leave the town he was born in. And I said, well, why doesn't he look for a job somewhere? And she said, well, that's where he wants to stay. I said, well, I'm sorry, but if McDonald's in Texas is the only job that I can find to support my family, I'm moving to Texas. I said, why, why is it everybody's responsibility to make sure he can find a, find a job or, or provide welfare for him <laughs> so that he can live in the town? You know, that it's almost like... <laughs> You know, he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to leave his house, uh, you know, we should provide a job that he can do in the inside. inside. In his home, right. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the guy arriving on a desert island and then just deciding to sit himself right down on the beach and pound his feet in, in uh, fists in the sand and demand someone bring him some coconuts. I mean, you don't, have right. the, you don't have the right to stay in one place. You don't have the right to stay in your comfort zone. Ludicrous. And it just, the mindset drove me crazy because for a second... All these other people are agreeing with her, and I said, wait a minute. I said, you're not even talking about a safety net. You're just talking about paying this guy so that he can be happy with where he stays. <laughs> Absurd. Well, why not just pay him just to stay there? You, he doesn't even need to do a job. I mean, why right. not just He's got a family, a for of, God's sake. Yeah. He has procreated, so therefore He's got he a right. It. David, thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, no, well, I was going to... What's the deal with the GOP primary? You know, I'm watching it, and it almost seems like there's, this has happened in three or four states now. It's it, they. It seems like they're playing a game to make it look like there's an official, you know, leader front runner right now in Romney that everybody's just getting behind, and it seems like it's all falling apart with with the main. The stuff going on in Maine right now. I just I'd be interested in what you guys think about that. Well, are you, are you talking about uh, the Ron Paul recount in Maine? He might have dropped off the line or gone into a bad cell because oh, he's not there. These things could happen. I I find the uh, the, the the GOP primary to be extraordinarily frustrating. Uh, you know, to me, they're you know uh, not just from a standpoint of it's not going to it's likely not to produce a candidate that I'm willing to uh, to vote for. I certainly would like to see Ron Paul win it, and you know I suppose he's got as good a chance as any of these guys at this point. Um, but it's just it's. It's coming off the rails. I guess I'm mostly frustrated with Republican voters out there that know they know that Santorum isn't going to be a conservative. They know that Romney's not going to be a conservative. They know that uh, Newt is not a good guy and that he flies off the handle. He's got a bad temper problem. And they're still not willing to vote for Ron Paul because of his foreign policy beliefs. I mean, you, this is the one guy that has stayed consistent in Washington, D.C. throughout his 12 terms as a congressperson, but somehow they believe that the rest of these people have some kind of chance against Obama. I mean, I find it extraordinarily frustrating. Let's go to Daniel listening in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, to WNMT. 
Daniel, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, Jay, and Mark. Daniel? Daniel going once. Daniel going twice. Put him back on hold. Maybe uh, fell asleep or dropped the phone or something. Let's try Gene the Christian Anarchist on the road. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello, guys. I just came back from the uh, march on the White House. Yeah, I saw your car on Facebook again. Someone uh, spotted the the Ron Paul Corvette, snapped a picture of it. Yeah, it's it's probably going to be on a lot of Facebook pages. But uh, it was pretty amazing. I'm... I don't, I don't know exactly how many vets were in formation in front of the White House and turned their back on the White House, but I did uh, actually a little video pan around there, and I'm sure that somebody could do the math because they were in uh, rows and columns. So we were told to it was approximately four to 500 uh, uh, vet- veterans and active-duty military members that turned their backs on symbolically on the government, on the White House. Uh, well, I would guess there was at least that much, yes. And uh, it was a lot of energy. It was a lot of fun. <clears throat> if you see any video with a guy with a full beeper vendetta costume, that was me. Awesome. Um, there were some other. Were guys you driving had, with the uh, with the V mask on? No, I didn't. I couldn't use the Corvette in the uh, in the parade. Gotcha. Or in the march. So I, uh, we did park it outside the uh, after party. Um, where they had Amy Allen and a bunch of other people playing, and I got to meet Amy. She's a very interesting woman and uh, quite an icon of the freedom movement. Uh, oh, cool. I'm glad to see that she is uh, performing for us. Again, Excellent. Did as, you march with the others? The He's not a veteran, so... I know. I'm not a veteran. I did march along behind. We had a, a huge following behind the uh, veterans. There was... At least twice as many uh, supporters, I think, as there were veterans. Oh, so wow. There were, so there must have been, uh, 50, I'd say, 1,500 people all together. pretty good. And uh, waving signs and having a good time. We've, uh, we've really had a uh, quite an event, and the music afterwards was amazing at the after party. And Adam Kokesh has announced that they're going to do it again on the convention in Miami. So they're going to... Have the vets march on the Miami convention? I thought it was Tampa. Is it, is it Miami? Is it Tampa? Uh, Miami, uh, Florida. Oh. Florida uh, Miami is the, the, whole, the whole state of Florida to most, most people. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Down there somewhere in Florida. Yeah, Gene, I would have loved to have oh. gone to this, and I just want to say thank you for going. Uh, thank you for you know, uh, you know, to taking the time and the money that it took to to go and to stand up for what you believe you know, and frankly I believe in, and I uh, appreciate it. Wait a minute, Mark. Why well, aren't I wanna, you? I why, making it. I was going to say, I want to make you... a comparison yes. to, uh, to this new movement, the Ron Paul movement and the Liberty movement, to another movement that I lived through in the 60s. It was called the Peace Love Movement. And we had, uh, you know, anti-war protests and people marching through the streets with signs. Of course, most of them looked like hippies back then. But we have the same energy and the same type of a movement, but it's more cleaned up, you know, we're not all uh, dirty hippies anymore, but the energy is there, and I think we had success in the 60s. We brought, we managed to uh, change foreign policy with regards to the war in Vietnam, and I just feel that this is going to result in a lot of good here. I think we're, we're at a turning point here. Awesome, Gene. Thanks uh, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. How come you didn't rake him over the coals, Mark, for wearing the V-mask in public? Uh, whatever. 
<laughs> Are you over that one now? I'm not over it, no, but I mean, you know... I, You're I, only going to rake me over the coals on that one? I, I think that the freedom movement should rethink the uh, the V-mask thing. I really things do. things that look cool? What's the matter with you? Uh, did you think the Che Guevara t-shirts look cool? Yes. Okay, There's... well, there you go. <laughs> but one che, but so what? Wear, wear one of those with your V-mask. <laughs> v didn't kill anyone in his explosion. The building was empty. The Guy Fox, but the V was emulating Guy Fox. It's called a Guy Fox mask. It's Guy a Fox was intending, intending to kill people. V, be, the V for Vendetta movie had a nice peaceful resolution at the end, and it was heartwarming. 855, I almost Blowing cried. up a government building. 855-450-FREE. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the heartwarming part was in case you haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil it. one 855 3733, bring up what you want. Take control, Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original, get your Super Tuck. At crossbreedholsters.com. Again, that's crossbreedholsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Toll free number here, 855 453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that will be provided to you for free at freetalklive.com. And if you like the fact that the website's free, well, then you can support the show, if you would like, with uh, three bucks a month through the Free Talk Live AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. We take that $3 in and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. We'll be announcing a new affiliate probably within the next couple weeks. I've got a satellite receiver on the way uh, to that station. So these are this is one of the things that the $3 goes towards. Sometimes we'll talk to a, a station that, uh, for instance, there's a guy named Lou Dobbs. He's this old curmudgeon who uh, has been, you know, he's one of these guys that's on television and radio. And he's quitting his radio show to focus on his TV career. And we like it when that happens because it means it's a chance for Free Talk Live to pick up some new stations. And one of his stations wanted to pick the show up, but they didn't have the right tech in their rack. They didn't have the right receiver that they needed to get our show. So I bought it for him. Thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifiers. So again, go to amp.freetalklive.com and jump on board. And because I did that, we're going to be on that station, I think, six or seven nights a week. So pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So again, amp.freetalklive.com makes that stuff possible. And you get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only podcasts, forum, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up as we go to Leo, listening in Oregon. Leo, you're on Free Talk Live with Derek J. and Mark. Hey, how's it going, guys? I like the show. I like uh, what the caller that was at. That uh, I'm a, a vet myself, and I'm I'm really proud of those guys for doing that. Um, I I support Ron Paul all the way, and uh, I think uh, you know um, voter fraud is the issue that needs to be addressed. Voter fraud is is really important to to bring out into the light because um, it's not playing a minor role. I think it's playing a major role because I I, I do believe that he would probably have a win already if it wasn't for voter fraud. And, it's possible. Um, well, they just did the I, recount on um, Maine uh, under much scrutiny, and it turned out that Ron Paul actually had a few, uh, you know lost by a slightly lo- slightly larger margin than he did before, as I understand it. 
I, you know, and that that may be fine, but if if ballot trucks are disappearing, I, I don't, it doesn't even matter. The pro, the deal is, it needs to be counted. The votes, all of them, need yeah. to be counted the way they came in, and that is a big deal. I'm with you and, on that. I'm just not entirely convinced that America is on board with Ron Paul's message. I think that there are people out there that that do the that that talk the voter fraud talk that are of the opinion that the vast majority of people voting in the Republican primary are uh, on board with Ron Paul's message, and I just don't think they are. Well, it if there it it's a big enough deal for people to commit the voter fraud in the first place. And if that's if it's a big enough deal to them, if it's a big enough threat to them to commit the voter fraud, and come on, I mean, who else are they going to commit the fraud against? Everybody else is is somebody that they can. You well, know, I don't know that that's true. So when Romney or Santorum or Gingrich, whenever they buy attack ads, they don't buy Ron Paul attack right, ads. They ignore Ron Paul. <laughs> they, it's um, possible the fraud's well, on all ignoring, sides. Ignoring ignoring is a, is, a, is a powerful tool. It is. It, it, it is. Ignoring is a powerful tool, and uh, you know, some, uh, bad press or good press, you're alive. But no press, you're you know. Unless you're plugged into the alternative media, then, you know, well, or which, uh, you know, I voter fraud is always a possibility. And yeah. and certainly in electronic voting, it's even more of a possibility. It's then at oh, that well, point. I think it's, I think it's, been, it's beyond the possibility at this stage. I think it's actually, you know, it's become it's, you know, with Bev Harris and the black book, uh, black box voting and. And just what's happened in Nevada and what happened in Iowa. So here's and, my question you know, for you, Leo, is if you're so certain that uh, that it is happening, and obviously there's no real way to prove it, but if you're so certain that it is, and I think there are reasonable beliefs that the, you know, certainly the electronic voting is fraught with uh, possibilities of uh, fraud, backdoors, total manipulation from whoever it is that can program those things or, or manipulate the results in some way, uh, then what to, you know what's your solution if if voting isn't the answer and I certainly don't see any evidence that voting has ever really changed anything with or without fraud uh, then what would you propose? Well, um, aren't there laws against voting voter fraud? Well, you know, laws haven't and, ever and, stopped anything like that. They're written true, by the same I mean, people that are going to do it. You know, right? I mean, how right, is a law going to well, do I anything? Guess, I guess perhaps perhaps uh you've just given me some homework i'm going to uh i'm going to find out what uh, uh you know because calling you here for more we have mail in ballots and uh, you know i've been wondering well how the heck can we how can, how the heck can we um actually monitor that to find out that our votes being counted how do we, how would we ever know well, and you know we had a bad last elections but you know presidential we had a bad thing where we you know thousands of dead people voted i mean if that's not fraud i don't know what is Leo, you so, say I, ignoring is a strong tool. Don't you think people's actions outside of politics matter more than voting then? Like ignoring the federal government? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I believe that, you know, I believe that, um, you know, getting the word out and, and planting the ideas and speaking uh, truth to power is part of the whole deal. I mean, yeah. but it, it, it should go along with. I don't, know if, I don't know if you understood Derek's question. He was asking you about ignoring the federal government as a possible solution. Yeah, that's a possible solution. I mean, it's not our government, so yes, that is a, that is a viable solution. Here's a modification you. to that. I, I, I fully support this. This is why I don't pay the federal government if I can avoid it at all. Um, and I try not to deal with them in any way, shape, or form. 
But I think that if you get people together who are ignoring the federal government, then it's more of a powerful statement. Rather than just being Leo in Oregon somewhere in you know western the western portion of the U.S. all by himself ignoring the federal government, uh, and then you know allowing them to come crack down on you at some point. If we get liberty-minded people together, people that understand that in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free. If you get people together who get the principles of liberty and you put them all in the same place and have them get active for freedom, then if all of them get together and say, yeah, we want nothing more to do with this federal government, what can they really do at that point? And I thank you for the call. What I'd recommend you check out, anybody that's interested in real change, go to freestateproject.org and learn more about the Free State Project. We'll be broadcasting live from the Free State Project's Liberty Forum coming up here in just a couple of days. And of course, we're going to tell you a lot more about the uh, the Free State Project at that time. Also of interest would be ShireSociety.com, which is sort of a competing organization uh, to the Free State Project, but a friendly uh, competing organization. Uh, it's more of like uh, designed to supplement and uh, compete with, sort of. And to continue, state. because the, yeah. the FSP will... will it will end. end someday, right. The Free State Project will reach 20,000 signers. It's got over 11,000 at this point. And then once 20,000 people have signed up for the Free State Project, essentially it's done. I mean, the Free State Project's goal was to move 20,000 people to New Hampshire and get them active for, where they can be active for freedom. So once 20,000 is reached, then the five-year window in which those 20,000 folks have agreed to move will begin. Uh, of course, as we know, many people have moved prior to the 20,000 number. That's why we're here, and a lot of people are moving sooner, and I would highly recommend moving sooner rather than later. Don't wait for the 20,000. We're making a difference now with 1,000 here in New Hampshire. So uh, just make your plans to get here as soon as you possibly can. But the point being, the Free State Project is going to probably dissolve someday once it accomplishes its goals, and it will accomplish those goals at some point in the future. How soon is another question. And uh, then there still needs to be another organization that exists to encourage liberty-minded people or to encourage people to, to find the ideas of liberty, to embrace those ideas, and uh, and to those who have embraced those ideas, encourage them to still move. Because as far as I'm concerned, we, we shouldn't stop at 20,000. Let's get 50,000. 855-450-FREE. And so that's what the Shire Society is about. It's about creating an alternative society to the coercive government state society that we're currently living in and create one that's based on peace and consensual human interactions. ShireSociety.com. And you can sign up without uh, actually living in the Shire. It's just and also it's, it's a frame of mind. Well, yeah. since you mentioned that, uh, the people who do live in the Shire who are not Free State Project participants, like New Hampshire natives, for instance, they can become Shire Society participants. There's no prohibition on that. Whereas if somebody's born and raised in New Hampshire, they can't join the Free State Project as a participant because they can't move to New Hampshire being that they're already here. Uh, so Shire Society solves that problem, too. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Let's continue here with Daniel listening in Grand Rapids, Minnesota to WNMT. Daniel? Daniel in Grand Rapids, going once. Daniel in Grand Rapids, going twice. Let's try Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Derek, J and Mark. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, it's very interesting discussions uh, tonight. Uh, I wanted to make a comment, though, about the uh, uh, younger people uh, interacting digitally with the new communications technology. Excellent. Hold that thought. We'll come back with you here in a moment. Hour number three is next. More Frank after the news. Young people interacting with technology. We'll see what he has to say. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think one thing's for sure about that is it is a trend that will not be stopped. 855-450-FREE. You take control. Bring up anything you want. Also, we'll still talk to you about demons. If somebody out there believes in demons, still love to hear from you. Free Talk Live. 
If you want to move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Porcupine Realtor Do you want a home with 20 acres A lakeside cabin Any takers for renters Buyers and sellers too Mark Warden is the guy for you PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. Derek J. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you there. Uh, they are free, unlike a lot of those talk show websites. We give ours away, freetalklive.com. You can actually get interactive there, too, in various different ways. We've got a chat room, a uh, bulletin board system, and also you get to control the, the actual content of the site created by listeners just like you. So if you find something online that you think is interesting, submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com. Then others get the chance to vote on it in the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site, freetalklive.com. As we go back to Frank in New York to start us off this hour, Frank, go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I think the new digital technology uh, cognitively rewires the brain, uh, especially, you know, with the young, because in a sense, you have intensive visual and audio stimulation. And when you get into sort of digital games and, and the concept of gaming, uh, you know, with educational programs and things, it makes things very instantaneous and a very quick reward. Uh, and you also have relatively instantaneous access to images and communication uh, with the new technologies. Just think of the, the interactive cell phones with all their capacities from videoing, photographing, going directly on the net, and receiving texts and emails. And I have a feeling this may in the future diminish the reflective critical capacity that's essential for reading, understanding complex ideas in the social world. Why? Uh, pardon me? Why? Well, I, I think basically, you know, when you have access to uh, digital uh, media and movies and, let's say, educational programs that are set up as games with rewards, uh, in the process, it limits the reading a text or reading a classic becomes very boring and laborious. You know, part of the process... Classics have always been boring and laborious. Well, not necessarily. I mean, you have to have that critical capacity to be able to sit in a room and read for hours on end, and then to attempt to understand that reading, often with taking notes. And well, why do I need to understand... Hold on, texting, hold on. Why I'm do sorry. I need to understand the old, ye old English of uh, Shakespeare? It drives me nuts trying to follow that stuff. Well, it's but it doesn't mean I can't critically think. No, but what it, is, what it does, though, it, 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 it involves a criticality dealing with sort of uh, an older form of English that's spoken, and it also reflects, you know, uh, a high point in Western culture and civilization. So in a sense, to be part of the culture, you have to understand Why is the milestones, manifestations of the culture, in a sense. So in a sense, when we get into predictive uh, texting, 
we realized that we really don't have to, to spell because, in a sense, when we basically just start out, the machine sort of takes over, and uh, probably 90% of the time is correct with the word that is generated. And also, it limits the vocabulary from maybe, you know, uh, four or 6,000 words down to maybe, you know, 1,200 or 800 words. Would you say it's so enhancing it's communication, Frank? Yes, with well, regard to communications and sounds like a positive uh, you thing. know understanding the world and that whole process of how language shapes our worldview and the culture. Do, do you really think that that uh, culture was at a, a high point during the uh, the Shakespearean times? Well, you know, in a sense, we really we have the uh, perspective or the lens of history, and we know that history is always being revised. So, in a sense. I'm not saying that was essentially the high point, but remember, Shakespearean literature, or the Shakespearean plays, were written for the common people. It was common entertainment, just like opera was, you know, in the 15th and 16th centuries. It was entertainment for the masses. It would be like our rock and roll, or our Broadway, or maybe, you know, 150 years ago, music hall uh, entertainment, you know, you, that existed, you know. Do you think that stuff uh, uh, rewired? In Europe and in the United States, is sort of entertainment for the working class. So do you think that that sense, stuff uh, rewired people's brains when they saw it? I think, I think in a sense it did. And we have to realize, in a sense, too, that there's a pedagogical change using the new interactive technologies in the area of education. And what it can do... What does do, that mean? Could, pedagogical. Well, it, I'm working on it. Well, what it means, I think, is that... Uh, you know, in a sense, you may have, in the very near future, uh, a tutor that's actually a computer program, sort of a sure. little virtual reality individual that's going to be your tutor, sort of set up your curriculum and what you're going to do, and you're going to interact with that one-on-one -on -one with the digital technology. And there'll be, you know, billions and, pe billions, and billions of people worldwide doing that simultaneously. And we really don't know what the influence will be, but the point is... Uh, you know, there's something important uh, that Neil Postman, uh, the late communications theorist and philosopher, uh, in his text, Amusing Ourselves to Death, talks about. And it's basically how, you know, the mass media and the entertainment forms with uh, the integration of technology uh, change not only the worldview, but cognitively change the individuals and their perspectives. And we may find out, too, that the world of virtual reality is more engaging than the real world that we exist in. I think you know, some people find that to be the, I think I think some people find that to be the case. That's why yeah. we have uh, you know, certain people that have problems with being addicted to playing, say, what they call massively multiplayer online role-playing games where they're spending mm -hmm. more time in the game world uh, than they Correct. are spending in the real world. I think there are some legitimate uh, critiques, obviously, of some of the habits that can be developed here. But to say that rewiring, you know, if it's true that brains are being rewired, then I don't know if it's necessarily bad. No. Well, we don't know if it is, but the point is, I think the capacity to be able to sit and read a text or to read complex material. In fact, there was a study done recently by about a university and high school students in senior high school and I think the first two years of university, whereby they found out that most of the students that are doing the research on the Internet can't distinguish between an article that's, that's uh, important and that has relative uh, relatively significant material and material that really isn't uh, that significant because they tend to view them within these frames, the way they're projected, you know, on the website and things. And as a result, uh, if you can't make essential determinations, let's say, you know, in senior high school or in, you know, the first years of university, 
you know, that involves a tremendous problem, and, you know, past generations were very easily able to do that. In fact, when you look at the curriculum that the people had 100 years ago in this country with eighth grade and compared that to contemporary high school, uh, you know, upper high school, uh, you'll notice that it was certainly more academically demanding and uh, well, that much I, is I would true. agree with you, but to, to but have again, a robot teaching well, to have a robot teaching children seems like it would give children more of a one-on-one experience with their educators than they have today. And I'm with you, Frank. I mean, I enjoy reading the classics, but with predictive text and communication via email, I have more time to sit down and read the Odyssey. So it can work both well, I think ways. That's great. Well, I think right, that's and, great. and correlation is not causation. So the suggestion no, that uh, that people are having more of a difficult time reading the classics or these uh, in-depth texts has nothing to do with the fact that tech exists. Tech makes it easier to bring books with you, like with the uh, you know, the Amazon Kindle. You're right but about uh, that. what it has, to, I think you touched on what, you'll what have it has a to do. Frank, that's I, accessible to everyone, right? And I, I think you know, it, which, which we don't as have is now. the encyclopedia, as is all kinds of information, which is a huge step forward for humanity. Uh, but, uh, but aside from that, I think if there's a reason why people don't like to read these things, and I don't, I can't stand reading that, that old language. It drives me nuts. Uh, but but the, the reason is because it's not to be of schools. It's a discipline. The reason is because of schools. The government yes. schools beat that out of people by forcing it upon them and making them hate those sorts of curriculum. But then again, too, in the private schools, you have that, you know, is essential. I mean, you look at the curriculums of the elite in this country, like at Philip Sandover, Chod Rosemary Hall, or, you know, any of the schools, you'll notice that, that the students are reading Shakespeare in grade school, middle school, high school, college. So in a sense, they have many advantages that those in the public school that you so well articulated uh, really, you know, in a sense don't have, or that the way they present it is to make it so unappealing that, that it's just painful to deal with. But remember, that's a discipline, just like, you know, music. I mean, we're not all going to be musicians, but the point is learning to play an instrument or to read music has an intellectual discipline that allows for other cognitive areas well, that's, to that's be developed Well, that's fine, but to me, I want to focus on other you know. things that relate. But not everybody's interested in learning music, and not everybody's interested Absolutely. in reading the classics, and, but and that's But everyone okay. should have the opportunity to make that choice. And well, I think we do. we're unable to do that. Thank you, Frank, for the call Thank tonight. You. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-453-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. And this is Free Talk Live. 855-453-FREE. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live by dialing in to our toll-free number. The number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us over at freetalklive.com. And if you are a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine of Female Listeners. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Well, if you're uh, worried, about, uh, worried about how uh, new technology might destroy the classics... Don't listen to this ad because audible.com has all the classics you're looking for and they have them in audiobook. 
So, you know, if you don't have time to reread or read the classics that you, you wanted to go through, uh, you can use audible.com to, uh, you know, get any of them. I, we were talking about, uh, demons previously and i looked at this up the vatican's exorcist driving out the devil in the 21st century there's one like i said all the classics you can get one for free from audible.com uh by going to audiblepodcast.com slash ftl let me give it to you again audiblepodcast.com slash ftl get a free download whether it's classics or you know new books they've got a, more than 150,000 titles over there in every category something for you audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. We continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Helen is listening in Ithaca, New York to WNYY. Hello, Helen. Oh, hi. Um, Happy Mardi Gras to you guys. Well, thanks. (laughs) Happy Mardi Gras to you. What's on your mind? (laughs) Um, I was just wondering, I'm not um, like, I don't grasp libertarianism, uh, you know, but I I occasionally listen to your your program. You're airing here on a progressive radio station here in Ithaca. Mm-hmm. But so I'm um, just like wondering, like, all right, as far as the government thing, I lived in France for a while, so I'm kind of like a socialist, and I know you kind of like don't like socialists that much. Oh, no, I like socialists just fine, as long as they don't want to force uh, other people into their system. I, what I don't like is people forcing others to do things against their will. I agree totally with that. Yeah. But I mean, I get along fine not, with with most socialists I've met. I mean, they're usually yeah, pretty. Yeah, I love Ber- Bernie friendly. Sanders. I think is a, is the best senator probably we have in government right now. Um, well, I don't know. know. He's from. I, I, again, right, anybody that advocates force, I have a problem with, and I know that uh, he's advocated All force, advocate force. <laughs> in, a, in a number of different ways. So uh, that's, I think, where some socialists go wrong is they have great, uh, you know, what they consider to be great ideas, but they think their ideas are so great in some cases that they should be foisted upon others, whether or not they agree with them. And that's where I disagree. And, and so does, you know, conservatives, okay. people that are on the right think the same way. They have their ideas and they want to force them upon others. And I have a problem with that, too. I totally agree with you. Great. Uh, the one good thing about socialism, though, is they think that, that the uh, public entities, the public, you know, the common, the commons and stuff, such as like public utilities. I mean, the utilities, um, maybe like steel mills, and that they want that to be commonly owned. You know, well, you know, that's, that's, again, another interesting idea. And there are some examples of co-ops where certainly employees have owned companies oh, and others. I you know, belong to co-ops. Right, yeah, and customers so. owning companies and things like that, which all makes sense. But the difference there is that those were started on a consensual basis. Those people started those co-ops from the ground up as a co-op. And what the people who want to take a steel mill and turn it over to, you know, the the, the people that own it or whatever, uh, or just take somehow take control of it, they're talking about force. They're talking about taking that mill by force because right now someone owns that mill. Maybe it's a board of directors or it's stockholders or it's an individual or a partnership or whatever, but somebody owns that and it would be wrong because it would be force to, uh, to take that from them. Now, if you could get together yep. with other people and offer them a buyout and then take it over that way, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, but with socialism, that's what it would be. It would be commonly owned. It would not be some... But how do you get from here to there, right? Like, So that's the question to ask the socialist, is how do you get from here to this common ownership? Are you doing it through consensual means, or are you doing it through some sort of forced takeover? Well, we know what's wrong right now with the Citizens United decision and stuff. It's people with money are the people who are deciding 
who's going to make the decisions in this country, which is very sad. That's true. Well, I wonder how Helen might feel about your solution for public schools in Keene. Uh, that sort of rings a socialist bell in my head, um, where I, I guess I should let you explain it here, Ian. Uh, well, the idea is to, the to cede ownership of the government schools over to the people that actually operate the schools. So right now, uh, the the school board is is in charge, and there's this, admi- this huge administrative bureaucracy on top of these schools. It really prevents them from innovating and prevents them from uh, from being run in a in a, a manner that's efficient and, and effective. Uh, so the idea would be to give basically equal shares to all of the people that currently work for the school. So they would essentially have their own school organization on their own you know in their own hands and they would be able to decide what to do with that and they would be able to decide how to uh, to operate it uh but the, the but difference different because it starts as a public institution right it's not like somebody owns it and then all the teachers say okay now we own this right because no one really owns it. owns it since it's a public institution whereas a steel mill is owned by someone and so to you know pass some legislation to turn the steel mill over to a co-op would be force but with the with the, the case of turning a government school over to its operators that would not there would be no force involved there it would just simply be a restructuring of the the system and it would essentially marketize uh, those schools and, and allow them to be much more free than they currently are all right um well i think sometimes unfortunately people who um are members of school board board excuse me mm-hmm. um they are um sometimes they're for <laughs> For some weird political opportunistic reasons, like that's their first step into jumping into some kind of um, what they think was going to either make them um, socially successful or pull, uh, whatever, uh, you know. They're, they're, they're starting doing their climb their on the ladder. Yes, that's what they're doing. But as far as, um, I mean, I think schools also, schools are are part of the commons. Like, we would like to have our children educated, and um, it should be, um, like, I, I think, like, that um, there should be, like, not any kind of political screen or anything for the teachers. It should be on a meritous basis based on, uh, well, well, I don't know. You know this Helen, is all fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I love the idea of people getting educated, too, but one of the problems I have with... Uh, public education is that I homeschool my child. He's four now, but, you know, we're, we've already started. He, you know, he's, he's doing some reading and stuff like that. And every dollar that I pay in property taxes, 70, more than, uh, more than 70% of the property yeah. taxes in my town goes to the school. Every dollar I pay in property taxes, uh, 70 cents goes to educate somebody else's kid, frankly, at the cost of mine. Because if I had that money, I could do other things with it. And yeah. mostly what I do is give money to, you know, with extra money, we give it to, you know, give to charity and educate my kid, you know, things like that. So these other folks that are getting educated and what may or may not be, we don't know. There's no innovation in public school because there's no competition um, or there's less innovation and innovation doesn't come about the same way as it does in the marketplace. Uh, accountability is lessened in the uh, in the public school system and I have to pay for it and it's at the cost of my child. Well, and and I don't like that. Well, and she's right, though. It is the commons, which means it sucks because when things are common, when common, when things are commonly owned, no one has a real incentive to take as good a care as they would otherwise of those things. Whether we're talking about, you know, a common commonly owned park or we're talking about the commonly owned schools, 
when things are in owned in common, they're truly owned by no one. Either they're owned by everyone or they're owned by no one. So therefore, no one is truly responsible for the condition in which they're kept. Well, I tried to provide information to students at a school I have to pay for, and I get threatened with arrest. Right. We've both been kicked off of school property. If you've got more, hang on. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Here we go. Free Talk Live. Toll-free number 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. They are free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Mobile site, for those of you with a smartphone, and apparently one out of every two Americans has one now, you can go to m.freetalklive.com to get access to our live streams very quickly. Also, the podcast right there for you, m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Bitcoin's the world's first virtually anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service to abide by. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money without fees and without needing the permission of any bank or government. Learn how? Visit weusecoins.org. And now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. It's bitinstant.com. As we continue, Helen is still with us listening in Ithaca... New York to WNY way. Go ahead, Helen. Anything else you want Hi. to share? Yeah, uh, no, I, I uh, want to uh, express uh, my concern for, uh, I don't think it's you, I think it's the other guy. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. There are three people but, on the air tonight. There's myself, Ian, oh. Derek J., and also Mark. All right, whoever is homeschooling, mm-hmm. they should get a tax deduction or something from that. Because I think they should. They are, yep. but, I mean, that should be like a federal law, you know? Because if you choose to homeschool, you know, that's good. And you should not have to pay for other families' children's education. You know? Helen, so, what's the difference between that and just charging people when they sign their kid up? When they, what do you mean when they sign their kid up? So instead of having taxes uh, collected from everyone and mm-hmm. then giving tax deductions to people who are doing homeschooling, why not just charge people when they enroll the kid in the school in the first place and just leave everyone else alone? Um, I think that's like the taxes are supposed to be paying for people, whatever their income situation is, whether they're poor or rich or something. We have public schools, which it sounds like you guys Well, aren't there some uh, dentists and doctors who have sliding scales for people who want to uh, have their services? Well... There are. Let me see. Let me see if I can uh, hop in on this one. Um, So, Helen, I've I've got. It's my child. Uh, My name's Mark. And so, if if you're if I get a tax credit for uh, you know you know or don't have to pay that portion of the property taxes for my child at that point, what about the people that don't have children that have to that that are paying for uh, property tax? They're they're paying for you know public schools and that kind of thing. Well, that would be that would be me right now, and I don't have uh, any grievance against that. I think to educate the populace is good. We don't want a bunch sure. of idiots I agree with you, like, Helen. And around, you know. I, I agree completely with you on that. I think it's very important to uh, to educate people. My problem is the government school system forces me to pay for an education system with which I may not agree. And that's, that's the real issue, is the force. So in the absence of that force, I might be able to take the, let's say, about 
mm, I think I probably pay about $4,000 of my $6,000 per year that I pay in property tax goes to the local schools. I could take some of that money and choose which schools deserve my money. The I bet ones, the Waldorf school could use some of that, that Jack. The, yep, that, that's with right. That kind of, with that kind of marketplace, maybe a Sudbury school would exist here, too. Uh, yeah, I love Ooh. the idea of the Sudbury school. I like the idea of supporting the educational climate that uh, that I think is most interesting. But the current system that we have with these government schools is that uh, everyone is forced to pay for things that uh, may not be very good or worthwhile. Have you ever been to a school board meeting before? Uh. No. <laughs> I, I have been to uh, to a school board meeting, and I'm going to go to another one next week, and it's just absolutely excruciating. Uh, just having to sit there as these people just debate over minutiae, like uh, whether or not the, uh, the whether or not the brand new middle school should have a flashing sign out front. Uh, they've got one of those uh, computerized signs, and apparently it's illegal to have a computerized sign in Keene, New Hampshire, because we wouldn't want people to think it's not a small town anymore. So, uh, so some people are very upset that the new middle school has a computerized sign, but other people think that it should have the computerized sign, and so there's this big fight over whether or not there should be a computerized sign. I like sign. the sign. It gives the temperature. And uh, <laughs> Well, apparently there's another sign in town with the temperature on it, but nothing else is allowed on... on I, don't know, I don't know why that sign's it's allowed. nice to know the temperature. Are. Anyway, my point being, they fight over this minutia, but they also fight over curricula. They fight over you know what uh, textbooks should be in school, and there's just this constant battle. And the reason for this is because, well, once again, it's the commons. And so you have this tragedy of the commons where everybody's trying to get their way foisted upon all the kids. Maybe some people want sex sex education. Maybe some people don't. Maybe some people want to talk about uh, Jesus. Maybe some people don't want to talk about Jesus. And only one group will ultimately get their way. And then when they get their way, the other group redoubles their efforts and they come back in and they fight harder to take back the school board and try to put their curriculum on to all the students. I mean, it's just crazy. And it creates conflict amongst uh, the people in society that have differing, disparate viewpoints. And so that's really all this public school system does is it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It sucks in more and more millions of dollars every year. And no one ever is truly satisfied with the education they get because it's this big amalgam of uh, what 20,000 different people want, but yet only some people get that way. So what I'm suggesting is that we take the force out of the situation. If the government schools are good, then let the people who run those schools actually own the schools. Let them have a real stake in those schools. Give it to them. Give it to them. It's, it essentially would be them starting their own business with all the assets intact. You'd get your own school. It's a nice with way to start a business. The school buses and the buildings and everything like that. So they'd have a nice little starting head point. Uh, they'd be able to create the curriculum that's appropriate for their students. And parents that didn't like it could take their kids out and go and create their own schools and compete with them. And then everyone would get the education they're looking for. But the one thing that wouldn't happen is one-size-fits-all education would no longer be forced down the throats of all the people in one geographic area. How's that sound to you? Well, um, I lived in Europe for a while, and they've had public education going wonderfully there for a long time. I myself, I've never spent a dime on my own education. I went to an Ivy League school, and uh, I had a scholarship, you know. And I also went to the University of Paris, and in Europe, like, they want anyone who can possibly, you know, qualify to be admitted to a school. You know, basically, in most countries, you go for almost free. It's not totally free, but I know when I went to the University of Paris, it was like 500 bucks a year 
you know, and it was better than the Ivy League school, which I shall remain unnamed here. Well, <laughs> the teachers aren't was, working for free, so someone's paying for it. Yeah, the, it's the commons is paying for it because we think that education is important. Like these are right, but can you can you agree with me that education that I is it possible that I can consider education important, but not be forced to pay for education I don't agree with? Um, I think everyone should throw something into the till. There's and I a, think there, that's, it, it's okay to say that everyone should throw right, something okay. into the till. If, if you want a kid to have a Ph.D. and you don't have one, you're not going to be able to give this kid a Ph.D., you know? so well, why not? Are you uh, justifying... So, I, I, I hear what so you're far. saying. It sounds like you're justifying force, and that's what's concerning what's the me. force? There's no force. There is force. That's what taxes are. And if you don't pay them, you get thrown out of your house. You do know that, right? Um, yeah, I actually owe the IRS money. And they no, haven't not the IRS. The yeah. local government is the one collecting school taxes. So if you don't pay the local, if you don't pay the city of Ithaca, then they are going to come steal your home from you. You understand that, yeah, right? It, it's kind of minimal, and they are pretty patient. Just because they wait and send you threatening letters doesn't mean that they're not going to steal your home from you. They charge 12% here on anything that's unpaid. So it's one thing to say Uh that you should throw into the till. I agree. People should give money to charity. They should help their neighbor. They should do things. I don't like the name charity. Charity means like, you. oh, it's just anyone who feels good gives money to somebody. I, I think like... You've got to realize there are people here who are really selfish and people who are dishonest and stuff. That's, that's okay. Have have, if they want to be selfish. Have, no, it's not okay. No, that's it is okay. See, this is the pro- this is where you're going wrong, Helen. People- you have a desire to control those people, and I don't. If they want to be selfish, then they're going to suffer the consequences on their own of the, the negative relationships that that selfishness is going to create. And eventually they're going to realize it was a mistake to be selfish, and maybe they should try being more generous. But you don't force – you shouldn't force people to – to give money to things because then there's no generosity there. There's no virtue there. You take away all of the value. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can bring up anything that's on your mind and take control of the airwaves. Here tonight with you, it's Ian. And Derek J. And Mark. We invite you over to the website at freetalklive.com. If you would like to support the show, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of things that you can do there to help get Free Talk Live to more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Everything from a free bumper sticker to flyers. You can print out uh, web banners and graphics all there. Promote.freetalklive.com. And so just a real quick before we continue with your calls uh, on this issue of schools and force. This is a common justification from people as to why we need the government, because there are some people who are selfish and they don't want to help other people. And they're just going to take a bunch of money and shove it under their mattress. And they just don't care about anybody else. And we need to have government here to take money from those people and put it to good use. 
even if those systems are highly inefficient, um, you know, for instance, here in uh, here in Keene, there's there's a school that uh, the tuition is twenty uh, $1,500, it might have gone up, let's call it $1,800 a year to send your kid to this school, $1,800 a year, whereas the public school, it's $14,000 a year they spend on a, stu- on a student. And that's an insane difference, 10 yeah. times as much. And so, I mean, I guess you have to ask yourself, if the system that we, that we envision were more efficient, would it matter if some people, some people, probably not all, some people were greedy with their money? I'm sure a lot of right. people want to be able to help folks. That's why we have, we successfully feed everybody because it's important to feed people. I mean, I think you can, I think you can feed people, educate people, uh, and, and shelter people without using force. Clearly, if the you food just, bank doesn't force people. If you stop the war machine um, that the, the United States government is, then you'd have plenty of money left over. At this point, you know, some of these estimates are 50% of your money goes to different levels of taxes in this country, and uh, the regulations and the taxes that are put on the corporations and all these things. Uh, when, you, when you consider all the inefficiencies that are created by the government in the economy, 50% of your money is lost. It's frittered away. So if you had twice as much value that you earned, you'd have plenty of money to be able to give away to other people, which is, you know, what a lot of people want to do. They want to help others. They want to make a better world. That's You're the here. world I live in. I think that would encourage more charity, but uh, I recognize there are miserly people out there, but sure. stealing money from them for things they won't use isn't is only going to make them more miserly. It's right? going to make them more angry and and you know j- and jaded against the world. Right. And a like, lot of oh, people don't thing. give I held on to my money. A lot of people don't give now because they don't feel they need to give because the government is already taking their money for these things. Mm-hmm. I'll let the government handle it. The most inefficient organization to handle anything. Yeah, right. And maybe those miserly people would, maybe those miserly people would be more likely to give to an organization that was maybe more tailored toward them. Maybe something that maybe they look at the current system as I do, and I say, "Wow, this government school system really sucks." Uh, and but they they maybe they'd be willing to give to say some other school that is completely different from the government school system, whether it be some ultra religious school, maybe they're a religious nutbag, or or whatever oh is that uh, whatever it is that they're into. You know, they could they could support the school of their of their choice. But I agree that you know just because some people are going to be selfish is not an excuse to engage in in theft and and stealing people's homes from them. And I don't care how nice the government is about it. I don't care if they give you like here in Keene. If I stop paying property tax tomorrow, it'd be three years until they went through the tax sale process. But you damn well better believe they're going to go through that process as soon as it's legally possible for them. Sure, they're going to send me some letters in the meantime, and they're going to become progressively more and more threatening. And as you pointed out, Mark, there's a 12% uh, tax on that particular if you're running late with your – yeah, there's 12% interest on that. So it's not like they're just going to let it slide and let you pick it up later with no penalty. I mean it's just – I'm sorry. It's just wrong to force people to do things against their will. If the system – the school system was so good, you wouldn't need to force people to fund it. You don't have to force people to fund the food bank. You don't have to force people to fund the rest of the schools out there. Just the one. So uh, we'll continue here. Nick is on the line in Illinois on the amp lines. Hello, Nick. Hi. Last week you did some outreach at a high school with mixed results. Yes. Yes. uh, Mostly negative results, actually. Yeah. I remember from my experience when I learned the ideas of liberty that you have to be really careful about how you approach people about new ideas because opposition, especially on a group-to-group level, 
uh, provokes solidarity. It turns people who would otherwise be apathetic or only mildly supportive mm. into true believers, the way a vaccine provokes the defense response of an immune system. Uh, mm. I, in particular, still have fond memories of my high school and especially my teachers. Uh, I got the beginnings of my economics education there, and I was taught a very frank version of American history that included a lot of things I have heard you say they don't teach in most schools. And once they even showed Stossel in the classroom to the whole school. Wow. I felt like they were good and fair people, not brainwashing overlords. I have had nearly all positive experiences with my public institutions. I'd say the reason I was a near-socialist Democrat for most of my life was because I looked around and saw that my public institutions seemed to work. So I imagined that I would not have been receptive to your outreach efforts. Actually, I had to first be convinced that true free market economics was a good system before I could be convinced that the existing system was bad. I think in some ways you need to show the solution before the problem. That way you can spread the ideas without attacking or tearing down anything and provoking that response. Because people think in terms of, you know, people have these relative scales. Things only look good in comparison to other things, and things only start to look bad once you show them that something much better Mm. is possible. Do you think that reaction would be provoked regardless of the content? Because this week happened to be uh, information about the bear cat. So um, it, it wasn't particularly, you know, uh, libertarian ideas. It was just, hey, have you heard about this tank that's rolling into town? That's the information you were presenting to high school students? But I have to say, I wasn't able to get many, many of them out because they were simply just, you know, rebuffing me. I wasn't even able to hand out more than five of them. How did you do out in front of the school, Derek? Maybe ten. Yeah. Maybe to, out, out of like 200 kids who passed me by, I was able to hand out maybe ten flyers. And they were about the Bearcat. It, it wasn't like, hey, you should become a libertarian. But or they didn't know, should... right? Like they'd already been turned off to us from whatever this group think is that's going on. Right. So do you think the, the message is important there or the the, the delivery is, is what matters, Nick? I, I think the, de- the delivery is far more important. It's, it's the setting, the context. I don't feel like, you know, uh, high school is a highly regulated environment. And I was just hearing this on NPR today talking about how attitudes uh, of – uh, about high school by children have have changed. And this was starting to come true even in my day, which was, I graduated in 2004. They were talking about uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and compared how people viewed high school back then to how those uh, kids view high school now. And nowadays, kids skip school less. They try to pay attention more, and they, they believe in their schools more. And they they... This is the uh, first I've heard of this, Nick. I mean, I really have heard that uh, you know that that kids uh, consider the that learning uh, learning in school to be uncool, and that uh, you know having bad grammar. And if my all- experience at the high school is uh, correct, then Nick is absolutely right. At least that's that's been my experience. These kids have a real affinity for this school. Regrettably, it's been my experience as well. It I, fi- it I don't I can't they- relate to it. It might be that they have more affinity for the school than for learning in particular, because uh, on NPR they, they had some children talk about, uh, young adults I should say, talk about um, what it was that they liked about school. Uh, you know, they, they used words like fun, but they also described that they felt safe there and like they were being taken care of. Aww, well, oh, it gives geez. them a sense of identity and, you know, Big Brother's watching out for them. Nick, do you think that members of the public ought to be able to hand out information outside the doors of a public school? 
I don't think public schools should exist. Well, okay, I'm with you there. Um, in the case that they do, as they do today, I mean, do you see any problem with uh, me handing out literature there? Uh, that's a topic for another time. Okay, but fair yeah, enough. People are scared to death about kids. I mean, they're they're convinced that if you let a single adult who doesn't have a child onto that school property, that they're going to load their van full of middle schoolers, one at a time, tossing them in there, and molest them. Is it any wonder, with- then, that the response was so cold, because they've been led to believe that that's what happens when you don't go through the channels. Well, I wonder what would happen if we sent an adult with a child to the front of the school. How do you think people would behave then? Because there's one guy who said he was going to come out. Unfortunately, he was late recently, and he didn't but make it. he doesn't it have a child at that school. He does actually have okay. a child at that school. And what do you think they would do then? I can't imagine. Well, they'll, they'll probably paint him with the same brush they painted you. Well, one of the leader children who was outside was saying, how do I know you don't have a gun? How do I know you're not a pedophile? I happen to know this guy. And, and he was still making these <laughs> threats. Hey, thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate hearing from you. We're out of time for tonight. But you can join us again tomorrow over at freetalklive.com. And don't forget to join uh, Derek J over on his website, livefreeordance.com. And he also blogs over at fr33agents.com as well as freekeen.com. You are a prolific blogger. Oh, well, thank you. See you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. The old city of Jerusalem in Israel is one of my thousand places to see before you die. Surrounded by 16th century walls built by Suleiman the Magnificent and accessed via eight fortified gates, it is here that you'll find the capital city's spiritual heart, where more than 200 historic sites, the most sacred of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, commingle. View it all from the Tower of David before strolling through the Jewish quarter en route to the Western Wall. You'll also find the holiest place in Christianity here, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, known as Calvary, where Jesus is believed to have been crucified, buried, and resurrected. Pilgrims approach the church by the mile-long Via Dolorosa, whose 14 stations mark the path Jesus took as he carried his cross to his execution. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar.